Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Calc Finance, Present Day, Developments, and the Road Ahead. Hosted by Kid Kuji. Let's take a listen. Welcome, Doc. Is this coming through? Coming through loud and yep. clear. Can hear you, can hear you. Hello, everyone. Hi, Kid Kuji. It's, uh, it's great to, to be here. Hi, everyone else. Yeah, cheers. Thanks for coming on. Um, as I said, Fritzio, appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can we can get started whenever, really. Yeah, perfect. Give I it, see Terraspace is is in here. Finn, what a legend! Uh, I think we fully recorded. I've had a few people already asked to uh, to link to the recording because they couldn't make this time. So I think all well and good. Cool. Um, all right, we'll uh, we'll jump into it, and uh, you know, people can come come and go as they please. Um, but yeah, just to give everyone who's listening a bit of background, um, we're just going to obviously talk a little bit about the protocol, uh, reasoning behind it, um, discuss some of the developments going on, like DCA+, uh, and then touch on the road ahead. Uh, at the end, we'll uh, leave a bit of time, if you've got it, just to talk a little bit about you know, people like myself who are new to the space, how to sort of get ahead, how to start putting content out. Um, so yeah, if you're, if you're relatively new like me, I think that'll be very valuable. Uh, and then, yeah, if anyone's got any questions, feel free to just jump in at the end or, or at any point, to be fair. Um, but yeah, r- without further ado, uh, let, yeah, let's, ju- let's jump into it. Um, so, yeah, we'll start with uh, just a little bit of context, a bit of personal background, like what initially got you into crypto and uh, how has that taken you to where you are now? Yeah, fantastic question. Um, and maybe actually, I know this you're early into the spaces maybe did you want to give a quick intro to yourself in terms of kid Kuji? what sort of started your drive to start the um the podcast and interviews and twitter spaces and then i'm happy to jump into the kelp stuff directly after that yeah sure um so i started out probably as a few of you here um initially in luna i i mean i i was i was very much a uh when 10x person i didn't really understand the space and i i didn't really care either um but yeah after engaging for a number of months getting involved in the communities like uh it really started to seem to me like this was a future that i could have um and it was more about the lifestyle than anything uh you know the the idea of remote work was very appealing to me i haven't traveled a lot and uh, i'd very much like to at, at, at a certain point um also to have autonomy over what you're doing and to feel like your work's valued you know i, I don't want to be another cog in a machine who goes to work and you know does does a task from a predefined list that's never ending um so yeah for me it's very much about the the lifestyle also you know i don't think as a 20 year old anyway i wouldn't get the opportunity to speak to a founder of a protocol um you know i had that interview with dove now yourself and uh yeah i really think the opportunities here are are unparalleled and uh 
yeah, I'm still very early. So hoping just that I can take advantage of that and uh, yeah, forge a career for myself. Um, and yeah, in Kuji now, obviously trying to trying to trying to do something with it. Um, hence doing these podcasts. Uh, but yeah, really just trying to get to know a bit more about the space. I don't have a particular area which I'm fully focused on yet, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm here to find out. All right. Beautiful. It's super good to hear. Um, and I think, yeah, I can, I can take a lead off that. So yeah, I mean, originally I got back into, into crypto, maybe that'd be embarrassing, maybe not so embarrassing with XRP ripple back in the day, um, purely through where I was currently working, uh, where I was working at a bank and a few people I was working with, they're like, Oh man, you gotta check out this crypto thing. It's going to the moon. I was like, well, okay, I'll, I wasn't super enticed in the beginning. And then after hearing nonstop about it after a few weeks, it's like, all right, I'll jump in. Um, so did the the standard beginner thing, jump in high and, um, you know, oh, actually wasn't super high at the time. Wrote it up a little bit, got a bit more excited. Um, and then sort of, you know, the crash came and I sort of lost interest, but I still held held the tokens, held the XRP. And then I swapped over for, for BTC in maybe 2019 or something. Um, just a bit, not too much. Um, and then, you know, what really got me back into the space was a good friend was really early into Terra and he's, he kept on my case, like, I've got to come check this out. You know, things are a lot different now. You know, you've got ability to, you know, do more than just speculate on assets. You've got this introduction of DeFi and DeFi summer has been blowing up, et cetera. Um, and having worked in the tech and product space for, for quite a number of years, you know, that really piqued my interest. So I got in, started learning. And I think I got addicted immediately. Um, I would have been doing a few hours of learning every single day for a very long time. Um, did a bit of writing, did a bit of a uh, few things on the side. Um, and then, yeah, post-Terra collapse, essentially, um, you know, kind of deciding. I had a few of myself and my friends also working in the tech space, wanted to spin something up. And we had actually been working on a different idea on Terra um early on and then after the terror collapse that sort of all faded away uh, from being possible so um we thought you know what how can we help a lot of the users in DeFi today to remove a lot of the things around you know kind of fomoing in and, and herd mentality and and loss aversion etc which we can talk about a bit later on um how can we create a product and create a tool to sort of you know both automate that but also remove a lot of the emotions from the trading etc um, so that's sort of how we landed initially on the idea of um, Calc, which currently are supporting dollar cost averaging, which is one technique. Um, but we've got a lot of really exciting things coming up, which again, we can talk about shortly. Um, that's sort of my intro, but I'll get Doug to uh, jump in and give his exposure to crypto and uh, where he is today. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I got back, in, I got into crypto through Bitcoin originally back in 2017. I, I had a good friend that introduced me, but it was always something um, on my radar. I think I remember I was at uni and uh, it was 2011 where I first heard about Bitcoin because some dude was running a Bitcoin miner on a university server and it was all kind of just considered kind of funny at the time. I remember seeing a... Um, a message that I'd sent on Google chat where I was, I was telling someone how, how crazy it is that Bitcoin got up to $9 and it, uh, how we've kind of missed the boat on it. Um, so it was something that I've always um, known about and, and, and been interested in following. Uh, I'm sort of an explorer at heart. And I think I see the web three space as sort of uncharted territory compared to what's, what's going on with web two. 
and Kid Kuji, I can I really identify with that like that idea that the um the rest of jobs in tech can can kind of feel like you're a, a bit a cog in a in a big machine and and um I've yeah I found Web three is is maybe more may still a still a machine but you sort of feel much more involved and you're participating in a in an ecosystem. Um, so that I've sort of always been around in the uh, following the tech, um, but but yeah, it's only been the last um, six months or so where when I've jumped on the Calc team that I've really did dove into Web three as part of my career, and um, yeah, I'm loving it. I think um, I think I, it's it, like I said, uncharted territory, and that um, and that makes me uh, really. Um, enjoy the enjoy the work and find that it's quite meaningful. Yeah, um, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think it's it is very exciting, and uh, I mean you've had exposure for it to a lot longer than me. But even for me, I think it is still very new. You know, it's the the market cap of the of the space is still so small, as you said, compared to even you know singular tech stocks. So that that sort of excites me. You know, I I, uh, I do think about people. You know what you said there about Bitcoin being at nine dollars was uh was crazy. And you know, I mean, if you if you'd gotten then, I guess uh, we wouldn't be speaking right now. <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's uh, thank you both for giving a bit of your background. Uh, and I guess yeah, we'll we'll jump into. I mean, you sort of touched on this, but you know, why did you decide to launch a protocol? And uh, you know, who's a target audience here? Yeah, definitely. So I, I can answer that one. Um, so yeah, essentially, the platform, our end goal is to become the best place for mid to long term investing. You know, and you can kind of break that down into three different questions. Um, and question one is sort of like, you know, when to buy or sell. Question two is probably how much to buy and sell. And question three is sort of what to buy and sell. And I think if you take those three questions, start breaking them down in a little bit more depth, you've you've got large spaces to explore. I mean, I think if you if anyone can crack all three of those perfectly, I think it could be quite the fine product. Um, so we've been spending a lot of time, you know, one, the reason why we introduced the first version of um, the product of dollar cost averaging, the first sort of vault off the um, the factory line, was that sort of helps with some capacity around, you know, when to buy and how much to buy, um, taking more of that risk balanced approach to accumulating or or taking profit on an asset. Um, so this use case, again, is for people that, you know, want to take a bit of time back in their day. Um, they're interested in accumulating an asset, but, you know, they're not sure the market's going to be up only, which I think since we've seen Kelk go live, it's actually been quite the opposite, mainly down only, um, which is where these strategies really flourish. Um, so if you stick to your strategy, stick long term in terms of the dollar cost averaging. We had a few people that you know, came early into the Telegram group um, when a lot of the assets were trading a lot higher than they were now. Um, they said, oh, why don't I just lump sum everything in now? And we sort of took the time to explain to them um, around, you know, taking this more risk balanced approach and, you know, behold, it has been down only. And now they're much better off in their investments had they just lump summed in the beginning. Um, and that's sort of, again, our first product coming off the block. But we've got quite a few exciting things that will cater more towards the, you know, the standard crypto audience, um, maybe a few of the, the DGENs as well. Um, but yeah, first product is essentially available for anyone interested in accumulating or taking profit on an asset over time, um, which would be most of the crypto space or most of the people that, you know, you go to Christmas 
lunch with and they say, oh, don't you know something about crypto? I'm interested in, in getting involved. And, you know, this is a good time to be doing that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think education around around investing is very important. I know myself. I'm I I fall, I've felt victim many times to uh, FOMO, and uh, you know, even even uh, it's 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 difficult to, you know, when when you see or you perceive everyone to be winning, you think, okay, it's sort of like that uh, the greater fool theory. Uh, I I can buy it, and even if I don't believe in the fundamentals, I can sell it to a, a greater fool at a later time. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think the education around that is very important. Uh, I know you guys have got a, a number of Twitter threads um, on loss aversion behavioral theories. Um, so if you haven't seen those already, make sure you check those out. Um, but yeah, uh, why did you um, decide to start with DCA? And uh, perhaps just explain a little bit about um, how it works and then, you know, the the value to which I think where, where the value is in is, is into the retail investors, the, the, guy, the people who don't understand it or necessarily don't want to understand it. Um, those are the people which are going to drive the main adoption. You know, we can get people who are interested in the tech, but that's not going to be everyone. And uh, yeah, how do, you, how do you get those people who aren't necessarily as interested uh, involved? Yes, I think, again, really good question. I mean, it comes down to us. As I talked about before, the three questions we sort of want to, we've been exploring for a long time. It's like, you know, how much to buy, when to buy, and sort of what to buy. I think um, we, the DCA dollar cost averaging is probably pretty, everyone I assume would be pretty familiar with what that is. It's been a traditional finance technique for, for some time. Um, I think when we got together early as a team, you know, we've got one um, member of the team who's actually doing his PhD in, in London at the moment. Um, We've sort of challenged him with the task to so to improve on top of dollar cost averaging, which we're calling DCA plus, um, which is a mix between when you talk about machine learning, you have essentially you've got expert systems, which are essentially finitely coded if else statements around when something happens, do something else, and then you have more of a concept of a, a pure machine learning algorithm, um, which you can feed in a lot of training data, it can kind of grow, and uh, whether supervised or unsupervised, uh, it can improve. So what we've produced with the DCA plus stuff, again, everything's been essentially yeah, continuing to be back tested. Um, that's sort of going to help outperform the average buys of you know a standard dollar cost average. So you can vary a few different aspects here. So you can obviously change the time that you buy. You can change the amount that you buy. Um, and then, of course, there's a few other indicators there. So I think the latest model uses 54 different indicators um, or different variables. And essentially, that is trying to do exactly what dollar cost averaging is doing, um, buying a set amount over a set amount of time. Um, but it varies the amount that's being purchased each, each time with the, the likelihood or the possibility um, or probability of a crash coming within the next two months. Um, so that's essentially, again, the, just the first product off the block. And we feel like that sort of helps answer the, you know, when do I buy and sort of how much do I buy for a lot of the answers. But then coming back to the what do I buy that's sort of where we've been spending the last month um, exploring quite a lot in depth um, yeah the uh, the uh, idea of um, machine learning is very interesting to me I'm actually studying a module where uh, data intelligence and AI and uh, that's what my, that's what my, my essay is on so uh, I'll make sure to send that over to you guys and give me a hand with it <laughs> um, but but yeah I mean 
how do you or or if you could give us some um insight into what information is used to make that decision because uh, i know there's there's a lot of stuff out there so how does how do you intend to refine that process and improve it over time yeah that one actually might be a bit of a bit of special sauce um we will actually be open open sourcing some elements of it but i think for now um just to speak more broad about it when it comes down to a lot of this, these machine learning techniques, it kind of comes down to how much data do you have, um, because you have to spend quite a lot of time um, training these models. Um, and if your data quality is poor, then the model will, will traditionally or typically be quite poor as well as a result of that. Um, so we've been doing lots and lots and lots of different data mining. Um, but again, at a really high level, we maybe not that surprising, um, but a lot of the literature talks about with these early markets um, sort of sentiment we have, um, you know, consumer sentiment or Twitter sentiment is quite is quite a good indicator um, for these early markets with this expiration. And I think that's also why, you know, in crypto, you typically see big followings or a lot of, you know, hype around a particular protocol sort of number goes up. Um, and again, that that type of indicator is has being fed quite a lot into the model um, with, again, a lot more of the traditional traditional things. Um, and when we think about, you know, even considering things like risk, you know, there's a lot of different aspects that we can take into account um, of what data is available. So I know that's a very vague answer, um, but that's sort of the, the special sauce that we have for the model for DCA+. So I'll have to just apologize and we might have to end that answer there. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, I'm not trying to, I, I, I mean, there's, there's been a rel fair amount of drama over this uh, whole sharing of, sharing of information thing. So I won't go uh, any further into it. Um, <clears throat> maybe if you could just touch on some of the challenges that you've uh, you found whilst developing this model, um, that'd be good. Yeah, I think, um, so Tom's the, the researcher on this one. He can definitely speak to it a lot better than I can, but I can, I can, I think, you know, we've had a lot of team conversations around this. A few different factors, I'd say. Number one is, again, coming back to the quality of data and the amount of data that we can feed in. And then two, sort of the implementation of this. We've been doing a lot of exploration of what that looks like. Um, obviously, taking a model, for example, that might be trained in R um, and, you know, quite a lot of data sets from there and sort of feeding that into something that is, you know, one can read a lot of this information, two can process a lot of data. But then when you, I think you think about this quite high level, uh, and my technical co-founder, again, is talking through this quite a lot, is like when you consider a lot of this machine learning elements of it, um, you know, at some point it's quite centralized. There's some centralized point of, you know, the model being hosted somewhere. Um, so I think like that's probably one challenge that, you know, as a team, we're still in discussions about of what that looks like. Um, but you can imagine, you know, let's say we do ship it, it all looks good. Um, but if it is sitting on a, a centralized server or there is a centralized place where this model is being stored, um, that could eventually be either shut down or removed or censored uh, in some regard. That's probably one of the things that we hadn't initially forecasted, um, but we'll be spending a, bit, a bunch of time um, exploring again what that sort of looks like. So I think, yeah, just to summarize, comes back to the amount of data, um, because as I talked about before, it's the quality of data um, and then the amount of data that you have to make these informed decisions, um, depending on what, what method you use. And then to sort of, you know, there's always a centralized point 
that um, is being relied on with with the current setup. Um, so just sort of exploring what does that look like um, from a from a delivery perspective. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'd agree with that. It's quite difficult because, you know, the, the issue with machine learning is that if the quality of data isn't good or what's being fed into the, the algorithm, you know, isn't of high quality or is slightly biased, then, you know, that, that, that machine learning will then make decisions based on that. Um, so, yeah, it's very important to try and refine that, uh, the data set and make, make sure it's of good quality. Um, I mean, probably a bit harder to do um, with newer protocols but uh i mean as you said there's a there's a lot of learning to to be had with what data to use how to use it and it's only it's something that can be iterated and improved upon so uh yeah dca plus seems very exciting um you know the idea that it will be continually improving uh, and and being refined is also uh, a, a big selling point and i think that's something which can uh yeah help differentiate you from the market i don't know if there's anyone else out there with uh, sort of like a, a similar product um, but yeah, it's very exciting stuff. Yeah, thank you. We're yeah, we're pretty excited about it. Um, but again, coming back to it, it's like it's not just going to stop there. You've got a lot of different applications and a lot of different decision making, you know, that you can explore. I think that um, we haven't really talked too much around the future roadmap of Calc. I mean, we have published the you know that we're going to do DCA and do DCA plus. But I think um, we've been sort of heads down, working as hard as we can to to push that idea forward. Um, and I think when you when you look at a lot of these protocols, uh, and essentially you know a protocol is not too different from running a startup or a Web two business in the sense that in the end of the day, you know to start a business it needs to create y amount of value and you need to capture x amount of that value for the protocol um again x sort of being that revenue or that profit and y the value you're sort of creating for your end users whether you're saving time saving money helping them make more money whatever it might be in whatever space and i think coming back to you know our future vision um we took sort of this lean startup type approach where you know we can build one product quickly ship that first find that niche if you can dominate that niche um, and build a good a good product around that, then it's a lot easier to continue to branch out and branch out. I mean, the opposite way of approaching this could have been, you know, we could be in stealth mode for you know six months, a year, even longer. Um, but you know, we're firm believers that unless you actually ship and launch, um, you're never really going to get the learnings that you need to to uh, to grow the product and make a lot of those product decisions moving forward. I think um, Doug can speak to that very well. You know, he's always the one pushing us to be. You know, how can we be super laser focused on what we're doing? Is that actually going to add value? And you know, these are a lot of conversations that you know, I think sort of happen behind closed doors on all protocols that aren't super public in terms of what gets talked about. But you know, there's a lot of things. You know, we could do a lot of things that people want to see, uh, but what's going to deliver the most value right now, one from the protocol, or you can consider it a business to ensure that it's going to be sustainable, that it can actually grow. Um, and again, just just verify all that uh, and ensure that, you know, if it is valid, then you can grow because, you know, it's a whole lot easier to iterate once, you know, you've got something in the market as opposed to, you know, you spending months and months and months, you know, outside of the market, not really taking these learnings moving forward. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, you don't want to, and you don't want to spend so much time trying to perfect something that you end up, you know, impeding the progress that you could have made. Um, but it seems to me, you know, that that sort of ethos is uh, very similar to Kajira. And I think one thing that excites me is that, you know, you, about this protocol in particular, is that you positioned yourself in, I mean, what we hope, but I have confidence uh, in a growing ecosystem. Um, 
you know, Kujira, but also Cosmos. And uh, I think it's, as you said, it's very, it's very valuable to have a product out there which people can use. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the best way to build your brand. You don't want to spend, you know, so much time um, trying to perfect something and then, you know, you don't end up doing anything anyway. And, uh, yeah, it seems like a, a very similar ethos to Kujira. Um, so I guess what I would ask is why did you choose Kujira? as a uh, to, to build on yeah i mean i think i don't know if we have to preach this here but as we know the uh the kajira team now i think in the heart of it it comes down to this idea of creating something sustainable and you know of real value i think for us again you know again we've worked in the web 2 space for, for quite a long time um you know it comes back to sort of first principles is like how you're delivering value do you earn the right to charge for that value etc um, and I think that, you know, Kajira's idea of, you know, creating all these products that actually can generate real revenue, even though it's not the sexiest thing around, you know, I think like that's sort of a really cool challenge for us to to dig into and a really inspiring one. Um, because, you know, what we hate to see is sort of down only or bull market only protocols that as soon as the bear comes around, it's sort of all dead in the water. Um, you know, and I mean, some in some regards, it's a whole lot easier to do that. Um, but again, for us, we wanted to find something with that long-term vision and the, the Kajira sort of grown up DeFi, um, idea really resonated with us. Um, and then coming back to two, you know, insane shippers and insane builders and sort of pushing the boundaries, of a lot of this stuff. And then three, um, you know, I, I said this a number of times, but it's rare to find, you know, really well, like good people with, you know, the right idea of what they want to create, uh, and how they want to affect people's lives in, in a positive way. And I think, you know, if you've had any interaction with the, the Kajira team, which I know you've spoken to Dove already, uh, but they're very much in that in that vein, which makes it all the crazier um, of all the FUD that was was floating around. You know, even this idea of taking a snapshot on, you know, Terra post-collapse and then airdropping everyone one for one, even though they didn't have to and they took a huge hit in the treasury, that's something, you know, that Richard Branson would have done with the Virgin stock after it plummeted. He went back and, and purchased at the same rate that, you know, the people that had put their trust in him um, did. So I think, you know, they're the sort of the, the three key pillars for us is one, this, you know, this future um, of challenging protocols to actually generate real revenue and real yield to be around for a really long time, this grown up DeFi method. Um, this idea and then you know to sort of around the team's ability to ship and push a lot of this tech forward and you know just get on with it get it shipped get it done and then and then move on and then threes you know sort of where the the mindset is and the mentality is in terms of, of doing the right thing yeah i think the character is very important i uh i mean so when when that terror crash happened i sort of gave up all hope of of all the money that i had i'd, I'd managed to move most of my money out of my ops because I, I sent something bad was coming had an anchor i had a nice bit of anchor and then obviously everything happened with that but um yeah it was a surprise to me when i saw i heard that i could migrate at one for one like uh you know that's that that was something that was very important to me and uh you know ultimately about what you said with the ethos like uh we do there is the need for growing up DeFi like now more than ever and i think the last few months in particular have have made that abundantly clear like uh also touching on what you said it is a lot easier to you know i remember when i was in all of these all of these protocols and i was yield farming and i was putting money in amms and you know i was a bit of a bull market genius everything was easy but to actually be there and cement yourself in the long run it's a lot harder because you know this is what i said to dove as well like how do you incentivize people to come onto your protocol when someone's offering something that's more short term 
but perhaps in the short term it's better. And I think it's once people begin to recognise that, you know what, this is a technology that we, we need to curate carefully and we need to make sure that we're approaching with the right, right sentiment because, you know, ultimately, if you don't do that, then things will always remain as they were. And, you know, this is something with massive potential. Um, and, you know, as you said as well, it's, it's, it's certainly not as attractive in the short term, but for the people that truly do care and believe in the technology, I think, I think this, is the, this is the direction that it needs to go, um, which is personally why I'm so invested in Kajira. And, you know, it's something that you clearly feel the same way about. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's very good to hear. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, the, whatever the price action is, we're still here. We're still building. Uh, if anything, we're, we're building a whole lot harder um, than, you know, we were even previously. And even though we haven't shipped too much as of late, um, well, if we're still we've been adding new pairs, et cetera, and we'll continue to do that. I think we're definitely in the background hashing out a few um, super exciting things to take to take out to the next level. Um, I might even play off riff off that, Doug, and I don't know if you want to touch on anything in terms of um, one sort of that longer term vision, but two sort of that laser focus required and needed in in tech and building in tech. Yeah, totally. Um, what was the the first one was um what was that again around sustainability the sort of longer term vision um of creating sort of real value in, in terms of first principles yeah oh, yeah totally and i think um my sort of and, and as someone that's not um super um has hasn't been around the web3 space for a long time i i see that uh, a lot of what is is happening across the whole industry is uh, attempts to really find that sustainable protocol and that design and and we've seen crashes and things that come up that that um are just more hints as to like where we where we need to um redirect our course to to get to a protocol and a, and a system that works really well so i think that that should be um what people are looking for and what what uh what's like an imp it's an important um thing to see in protocols that where that we are actually heading towards something stable. And I think that that's uh, a really exciting thing to be a part of in Web3, as it is still kind of a wild west, and as we move more and more to something sustainable um, and safe. And and what you touched on, Fab, around how, uh, the, what, why is it important to, to stay focused on uh, features when you are building anything in tech, and this applies to a lot of the stuff that I learned as working in startups for web two is that um, the more product features, et cetera, that you have in an application, the, the more spread out your team can become. And, and uh, if you're, a, if you're a dev and maybe there's some devs listening, there's a lot of um, talk about tech debt, which is, which is uh, kind of a debt that you, that you might need to pay because you've, you've built code that's, um, a bit buggy or um, it may be not buggy, but uh, needs a lot of refactoring, a lot of work before you can be effective and, and efficient again. Something that doesn't get talked a lot about as much is, is product debt and debt that you, that you um, acquire because you've added a lot of features that um, require attention and maintenance, but, but don't actually deliver that much value to your users. So I think it's important to to um 
to focus on tech debt and product debt and make sure that you um you can stay focused and and efficient um because the, the the more focus you've got the more um you capacity you have for like a better user experience and 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 customer experience yeah um i i very much agree with your point on stability like uh, i i don't know too much about product product debt um and 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 that sort of stuff um but yeah i, I definitely recognize the or i i think a wider audience recognizes stability um because at the end of the day people want to know their money safe and if someone can come through and show that and 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 show that it's possible i do generally believe that is that is the next big step and that is what will drive that adoption um i mean i know i know with calc as well the idea for me that i could go on to you know i could you know i could essentially click a button you know have my wallet um you know potentially it'll be on on mobile at some point i don't know whether you've guys got that in the uh, in the plans perhaps a bit further down the line but yeah if i if i could have a place where i could have you know a set of 10 pairs of i don't know ethereum kuji bitcoin and i could dca into all of them that would be that would be incredible um you know it's it's convenient and it's safe as well and you know this is something that i wanted to speak a little bit more about was in terms of loss aversion fomo um because it's very interesting to me and I, I don't know too much about it but you know i see myself all the time saying i'm going to set this strategy i'm going to stick to this i'm going to dca in and then you know price drops 10 percent or even if I see one tweet can make me, uh, you know, go and completely change my strategy and uh, it frustrates me. Um, so I think this is why what you're driving, which is to take the emotion out of trading is very important. I actually, <laughs> speaking of tweets that influenced me, I actually read a tweet today and it was, uh, it was, it was a tweet from someone who had basically DCA, DCA'd in in the last few bull markets. And, uh, you know, he basically said, why didn't everyone do this? You know, the information was out there. It was obvious, but, you know, I think, People like to think they can beat the market, but you know, the, you've got you've got to play its game, really. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think that's you know that's a the difficult, <laughs> that's a very complex answer because you bring in the psychology, um, and you know we come back to this herd mentality or FOMO or loss aversion, etc. And we'll be publishing a lot more um, articles or tweet threads on this uh, to improve the education. But I think you know what it comes back to is the excitement so humans at a, at a base level love love variants uh, and that's again why, why gambling is so is so popular um and i think you know this idea of trying to get ahead and trying to win and try to you know take advantage as soon as you can on a lot of this stuff um you know i think when you when you get into even if you get a bit more into the building space and you get to know a lot of this stuff it's like now, some of it could be fabricated, some of it could be just hype being driven by a certain player. Um, but it's not until you actually get the experience and you make a few mistakes do you realize, like, actually, you know, it is worthwhile sticking to a strategy. Um, so, again, we just wanted to create, again, our first set of products off the bat to um, to combat a lot of that. But you mentioned something, you know, kind of interesting for us and the space we've been exploring. You know, you said you'd love to see, you know, if you know, BTC and ETH and Kajira listed uh, and to be able to DCA into all three of them, um, just purely out of curiosity. And this is potentially a space that, you know, will be, you'll see, you'll be seeing a lot more from us. Um, but if you had to create sort of a, a mix of how much you want to hold in BTC or ETH or Kajira, um, do you have any anything sort of in mind, a certain percentage bands? 
<laughs> That's a good question. Um, I think based on just what's happened with me uh, and my experience within the space, I think what I'd be trying to go towards is something a bit more stable. Um, you know, I, I do hold the majority of my my uh, money in Kuji. Um, but yeah, I would think I, I, I think I'd personally like a, a, quite a large allocation towards Ethereum um, and, and also Bitcoin. But I think for me right now, it's just that I haven't, I haven't diversified my portfolio at all. And, uh, you know, I, I, I learned the hard way from that once. Uh, and I want to make sure that I, I, I don't do it again, you know, because no matter, no matter how much I believe in Kuji, uh, you do have to prepare yourself for uncertainty. Uh, or, or you know, so, something could happen, and uh, yeah, I, I would say that I would probably head towards again. What I'm looking for is a bit more stability, I think, uh, which is why that I, you know, I've, I actually have opened up a wallet with you guys and started DCAing into Kuji. Um, I actually I set the uh, I set the price to start going from fifty cents, or I thought I did, and then I looked on the wallet a couple of days ago, and like my average buy price was sixty two, and I was like, oh, clearly I didn't then, <laughs> which was a bit annoying, but. Um, but yeah, that that would be sort of the allocation that I'd be looking for. Okay, that's yeah, that's super exciting because I mean, when I when I mentioned before the three sort of questions we're exploring um, around, you know, this idea of you know what to buy, and I think that can come in a lot of different forms. But you know, I think this is sort of the space that you'll probably hear a lot more from us in in the next you know next one or two months. Have you guys given any consideration to sort of like um, an, an education space as such? Um, I, I know personally I'd find it very valuable, but uh, I, I do think generally people really just don't know, uh, you know, what the, perhaps the sensible thing is to do or the rational thing is to do. Uh, and I would personally benefit from it a lot. And I think I think others would as well. So have you given any thought to, you know, perhaps starting a, a Fred? I know you're doing Fred series about behavioral theories, but um, just sort of a bit more about that sort of uh, consumer psychology, uh, when to buy, you know, those three questions you mentioned. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the the attempt of the calculated thinking thread and series. Um, we do need to productize that a little bit more and, and make it a little bit more digestible, I think, for, for people that come to the platform, um, which is something we can improve on. But again, it just comes back down to, to time and, and resources. We, ha we have a small team, so there's essentially 4.5 of us or maybe even four of us with two half time or two part time. Um, so coming back to um, <clears throat> you know where we can actually allocate our time to to ship meaningful work uh, when that's spent, I think that the education stuff is sort of taking the small backseat. But I think you know in the end goal of where we'd like to get to is very much going to be part of what we're doing. Um, and even beyond you know just the pure educational content, you can start thinking about some exciting things um in terms of you know machine learning recommendations based on you know how you're allocating your portfolio or the amount of risk you're exposing yourself to by having a you know 100 percent allocation to a meme coin um and you know there's some really small things we can do in there and even you know if you can see on the create strategy page of calc you know bringing in the social indicator of the fear and greed index and you know displaying like it could be of course no financial advice but it might be a reasonable time to be considering accumulation given where current asset prices are as opposed to take profit um and you know bringing a lot more of those smaller indicators in um could help people make some of these decisions again on a non-financial advice level yeah that all sounds very good i mean it would, i personally for me it'd be very interesting if you could uh 
sort of factor in perceived risk because I know obviously people have uh, different risk appetites and uh, you know in terms of machine learning let's say you've put down a couple of strategies that's another thing which it can learn from and uh, you know based on your buys when you've decided that that would be very interesting but yeah in regards to the education space as well I mean um, these are all topics that I'm massively interested in so uh, after my uh, after my exams I'll uh, definitely give a look into them and I'd be more than happy to just like write some stuff to you guys or yeah, that would that would be uh that would be that would be very interesting to look into regardless. Amazing. For sure. Let's touch base about that. Yeah, for sure. Um all right, well I'll uh I'll ask this last question and obviously if anyone's got any questions, just raise your hand. You're more than welcome to speak. Um yeah, this is more this is more on sort of what I touched on at the start is, you know, can you offer some advice for young people, sort of how to leverage their opportunities and forge a path in their space, you know, touch on what's worked for you. Um, what you perhaps would have done, perhaps you, what you would have done differently, and and just yeah, where you think the space is heading, and uh, how to make the most out of it. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's let's kick off with you know wanting to get involved in the space, and I think um, both Doug and yourself talked about this around. You know, it's sort of you know still a wild wild west where we're still early in a lot of this, where it sort of comes down to the you know the person. That can excel in this market is someone that actually just gets out and, and makes a lot of this stuff happen you know i'd say that you should never think oh you know it's sort of a lot of people have this preconceived idea that it's oh someone else would be doing this or it's not really for me um where i think you know a lot of the time it's like if you just go out and, and get it done you can make a lot of this happen whether it's like start writing small articles or you know hosting for example a twitter space and reaching out to different protocols and and having a chat i think you'll find that you know most people are are willing to to help out and and go from there and i think if you're dedicated and i'll also admit it's not it doesn't really just come down to 100 percent hard work i mean there's a lot of people that worked extremely hard through their entire lives and, and never really had a, a you know a break ad or or gotten through so there's some elements of luck to it as well and, and different market timing etc but I think my only advice is if you're interested in this space, you know, I think you just have to go out there, put together an initial plan, start small, um, and yeah, just make something happen. Whether it's around content or creating an idea or moving something forward. I think the more people you talk to, you know, the more that idea will evolve and the more people in the space you, you touch base with. Again, your clarity and your knowledge will will increase because you know there is no you know, university course on how to approach Web3 out there. And there's, of course, a lot of good online content and learning, um, you know, some incorrect, some correct. But um, if you just put yourself out there, I think you'll find that, you know, the Web3 space can be quite accommodating and exciting, um, at least to to get off the mark. You know, reach out to different protocols and see if they need a hand with something, you know, put yourself in the place where you can learn and 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 grow from there. And then, you know, that opens up a whole lot more doors into the future. I know, Doug, if you want to touch on that one, um, and then I can I can answer the second question. Yeah, totally. I think um, yeah, like you said, I think um, the the key to Web three and as, as a developer is um, is really like leaning into the the chaos of it all. In that you know, when you're you're working with things that aren't necessarily fully documented. Um, if they are documented, they're, they're brand new protocols, brand new libraries. Uh, but everyone is so supportive because it, we're all sort of in it together. Um, it also, for anyone that's um, out there who wants to get into this space as a dev, but you've not got experience as um, a Web3 dev, what I've found is that, you know, 
90% of it, it it's all the same stuff like it's um it's still it's still coding it's still using um coding principles um so I, i'd say you know don't don't be um intimidated by the new concepts that web3 introduce i mean that said that is in contradiction to what we said just before about how it, you know it's it's a bit uh, less documented but but that's um and that's part of the fun um there's also like a lot of great libraries that people have put together um that that help the the complexity and kind of remove that and that's of course basically all of what software development is right it's just removing um complexity and, and adding layers of indirection one um one great library i'll shout out to is um arthur yeti's wizard ui which is a react hooks library on top of the cosmos sdk and that's and that's helped calc a lot to be able to deliver quickly and um yeah it it, it introduces a layer that that takes um complex uh systems like the cosmos sdk and puts it into um, into easy things that uh, developers have used before, which are React hooks. Um, yeah, so it's like a mixture of asking questions, um, connecting with other devs, um, but also um, knowing that, that there's a lot of support um, and a lot of just effort in taking the complexity of Web3 and 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 putting it into um, <laughs> into Fab. I think you're still in a I'm uh, still not muted there we are <laughs> um yeah so uh i think i think this is an exciting time to be a part of web3 because you really do have the potential to 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 build libraries and tools for other devs to take um to take the space into something that's more accessible and and of course i think we'll see uh, a lot of the things and a lot of the concepts that we're learning about uh, either conceptually or technically in Web3 now will become um, very normal technologies um, 10, 20 years from now. So we, we, we know that there's a big effort to go into this space to, to make it more accessible. And um, being a creator right now means you can be a part of that. Yeah, yeah, I think there's uh, definitely wealth opportunities out there. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to see these, these conceptualized things come into fruition. Like, uh, there, is a, there is a need for decentralized finance. Um, and, you know, 10, 15 down, years down the line, it'll be very interesting to see where we are. So, yeah, there's still definitely a feeling of uh, being new to the space. And uh, that's very exciting. Um, Fabrizio, I don't know if you wanted to touch on that second question now. Yeah, can do. Um, if you don't mind just touching, so we had actually there are three questions I think in total. Um, so first was entering the space, especially from a, a new perspective. Um, the other two again? May, uh, may be on mute there. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I was just talking no to myself there. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it was just around sort of how to leverage those opportunities once you get them. Um, you know, obviously I'm content writing at the at the moment, what's sort of the natural progression from that, and uh, yeah, perhaps what you have done and what's how it's worked for you, and perhaps what you potentially have done differently, or just advice you'd give in regards to that. Yeah, for sure. So I think maybe the first thing I'll touch on is that you know everyone, even though you come at it and you know, you might not be a dev or you might you might only be a technical person, you know, I think that the number one thing is that 
you know, most people, even though they believe it or not, actually do have something to offer. They do have a skill set. Um, and, you know, it might be not, might not be the traditional, you know, smart contract developer, you know, but it could be around marketing, it could be around content writing, it could be around, you know, it could be around creating graphics or UI or creating YouTube videos. You know, there's a huge array of different possibilities that she could, you know, get involved in. Um, so I think one is sort of identifying at what capacity you'd like to contribute um, and add value to a lot of these things, whether it's a protocol or add value to the community or even engaging in conversations. Um, I think all of that sort of, you know, is a space to play in, you know, and that sort of leaves you in two paths there. One, you're either happy with what you can currently offer and currently provide, you know, and you go down that path. Um, or two, you know, you might think, you know, I would really love to, you know, acquire a new skill or or learn something, you know, and that might be around developing. Um, you know, there's a lot of really good smart contract development courses or even the interchain foundations running, the builders programs running, you know, introduction to Rust and Cosmosm. Um, so I think it's like step two would be if you're, you know, if you want to learn a new skill, you just have to double down on what that looks like, try to reach out to people in that space. You know, um, and then once you sort of identified how you can add value to any protocol, um, whatever it might be, and I'm always a firm believer in the growth mindset of, you know, growing and, you know, learning something new every single day, no matter, no matter what, no matter how long you've been around for, um, because I think that helps you, you know, grow as a person and, and develop this, this open mindset. But again, step one, identify what is the value you can currently add. If you feel like you want to expand that to something else, step two would be, you know, doubling down on that exact um, facet, you know, it might be smart contract development. And then step three is put yourself in the shoes of, you know, if you want to reach out to a community, what's the community thinking? What are the problems that they're sort of dealing with at the moment? If it's a protocol, what's the sort of problems that they're dealing with at the moment? And then how does the, the value you bring add to that? I think that if you can have the conversations when you reach out to them on that level, you know, it kind of shows that, you know, you're kind of thinking about how you add value and, you know, you're not just a cog in the wheel. Um, or a wheel in a machine or a cog in a machine, you know, you can say it might be around the copywriting space. And, you know, if you're new, you might go to a protocol and say, hey, I write copy, I do this, I do that, I do this. Um, where really the conversation you want to be having, especially when you're reaching out to people is sort of like, you know, I've noticed that you, you're not producing much copy. Copy is really great for getting exposure. Um, you know, I can help you with that. So just reframing how you're approaching a lot of these protocols or, or community members. Um, and that sort of positioning will sort of help you get a lot more of these early opportunities. And then again, once you get a few opportunities, it's much easier to, to go to the next one. And, and breaking through that first, you know, first one or two opportunities, I think, will be the hardest. But it would just be a lot of networking, a lot of chatting. And, and again, how you position the value that you can bring to a protocol. Um, but you did touch on, you know, something is actually been on our, our mind for quite some time <clears throat> and i see actually i can see dan just jumped on too i think we vaguely talked about this um but i was almost wondering if there could be a space for you know especially in kajura the kajura ecosystem that if you find yourself in this position and you one you're not sure what value you can add or you do know value that you can add you're just not sure where to take that to get involved in the building or get involved in the community I was wondering if there's actual space that you know, we can sort of create that fosters this growth and this innovation for young, not so young, whatever it might be, interested in Web3, um, if that's something you'd be interested in. Yeah, so um, I actually have done a bit with outreach and I know Dan's um, reached out to a couple of universities, actually attended one of the 
one of the classes and that was more general about how to um you know foster interest in in the space but yeah i think what you said about identifying where you can add value um and then you know leading with value that's something key which dove said to me and, and to be honest since that call was really stuck for me is that you don't want to go to them and ask what can i do for you you need to present them with a problem or something that you've identified and then you know basically give them a solution um so you know i i know i've got strong content writing skills um i know that i i do have value to offer i know i think the kajira space at the moment in regards to content writing um you know obviously Kuchi Baruchi's got that um but i've been speaking to him a lot and one one bit of helpful advice he gave me was similar to what you said is just just get started and see the natural progression from there um so what this is what i'm sort of trying to do now in starting these twitter spaces uh doing that interview with dove uh it's just more towards iterating towards something which i can provide real value with uh i've got a number of ideas actually funnily enough um about four about a week before um the Kuji merch was released. I'd literally done a full breakdown of like distributor costs, everything for for Kajira merch. Uh, so yeah, should have should have mentioned that earlier. But uh, yeah, um, that would be something that I'd be interested in doing. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm going to definitely give some more thought to just get these exams out of the way and give some more thought to as to uh, how I can provide Kajira value because it's you know I I resonate with the ethos of of, of them lot and and you guys as well um speaking to you people as well it's uh it's very motivating because you you seem to have a similar perspective in terms of what you want or, or why you're in the space so yeah just continuing to have these sort of conversations they always add a lot of value uh, and i always feel like i i gain a lot from them um so yeah just gonna keep going with this uh and iterate towards something where you know it will come to me one day and it'll be like you know what i can provide real value um so yeah, then Dan just requested, so uh, I'll let him jump on. Hello, Dan. Cool. And while he's joining, yeah, I just want to say hats off to you, obviously, you know, putting in the work now and actually getting out there and making this happen. You're already, you know, steps ahead of a lot of people even considering or thinking about it. Um, but good afternoon, Dan. Take it away. Oh, yeah, I was just going to – can you hear me okay, by the way? Yeah. Yeah, right. cool. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, Kid Kuji, um, I was just listening to what you had, what you were talking about. And uh, I mean, we're in the process of like putting together uh, a much more complete um, kind of both presentation follow up for universities, societies. Um, it, it, it's going to take, you know, significant preparation to do it right. Um, so if you would like to be if, if you're in university or very familiar with like how these programs are run and you'd like to be kind of part of that discussion, maybe contribute ideas to how that might be structured. I'm going to be working on that with a couple guys on the team. So, um, you know, send me a message on Telegram and I'll kind of get you in the chat and maybe, you know, get you kind of throwing around ideas, get you involved. I would like to have kind of uh, an ambassador type program, some type of program that allows for folks who want to put their best foot forward to, um, you know, to basically what, what's akin to like an internship, but, you know, very informal where we kind of, you know, kind of let you kind of prove yourself and do some work and kind of try to see how we can get you more involved. Um, so yeah, that's something that's been on my mind. So yeah. Uh, anyway, send me a telegram message if you'd be interested. 
yeah, hundred percent, I will do. Um, and yeah, I think I think that would have a lot of value. Like, uh, I I know there's a lot of people who are sort of interested and don't know where to start, and I think it's a it's a very good demographic to target in uni students because you know there's a lot of them, and I know this as a fact, who are considering doing internships for perhaps they're in banking, in consultancy, but it's not really what they want to do, and you can offer them a viable alternative, um, and they they can actually feel like they're con- con- contributing value. I think that's uh, I think that's something which could have a lot of a lot of success. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely drop you a message, and um, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to get involved with that. So yeah, thank you. Fantastic, and I think you know another open sort of invite to anyone that you're interested. If you just if you think you might have a skill that could add value, but you haven't seen it done before, or you just want to ask us a question, um, feel free to reach out to myself or even the Cal. Tele- or a Twitter account, and I'm happy to, to answer a few questions as well. Yeah, you might come to regret that. I'll be uh, I'll be hounding you, <laughs> but um, no, that, that's the best. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah. So to be fair, I think that's all I have for today. If um, anyone's got any questions, obviously feel free to put your hand up. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for this call. Uh, I'll make sure I record it, put it on. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been very valuable, and uh, yeah, I really I really appreciate you taking your time, and uh, yeah, have a good rest of the day. I'm I'll probably go off to bed now, but it's been a long day. Thanks for having us. Fantastic. Yeah, thanks very much for having us. And like I said, you're already a few steps of the way there, making making stuff like this happen. So really good to see, and hopefully encourages a lot of people to do the same. But we'll chat soon. Our day is just beginning. Uh, We got a lot of things to finish today. Uh, but yeah, have a fantastic sleep and for everyone else out there, evening, afternoon, whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, let's keep building and, and pushing Kajira forward. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, thanks for everyone listening. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, give some thoughts or if you have any ideas for who you'd like to hear from next, just give me a shout. And uh, yeah, I'll uh, aim to do that within the next couple of weeks. I'm, 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 I'm most likely going to write up um, do a short thread or a little medium post on this call uh, just to sort of summarize the key topics. Um, but you'll have to give me a few days. I've obviously got that, got that Binance uh, article to write and uh, I need to finish off that data and AI exam as well. Um, but yeah, I should have that within the next couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming. And uh, yeah, thanks for everyone listening. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was Calc Finance, present day developments and the road ahead. Hosted by Kid Coochie. Recorded on Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. And if you want to keep listening, head on over to TerraSpaces.org slash donate and show some support. Sneaking through back alleys on a little cosplay. Broadway all day, looking like the wrong way. Resuscitating major players in the waiting room. Sifting through the paperwork while I be debating fools. Breaking rules, breaking bad, like we always wait for doom. Slayed a few in my early years, often in the shroom. Sitting in the dark, waiting for the daily news to let us know what we should believe as the latest truth. Stay aloof, writing rhymes in the studio. Trying to keep it well lit like filming a movie role. Sorting through support from your endorsements. Of course, we're tripping balls, hand in reports. It. The latest proof ain't a way to move. Change the view. Just a bunch of pack of heads living in a chicken coop. Picking at the dinner, finger licking like the plate is gizzle. Kick it for a minute, then show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. 
Tell me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Show me what that thing could do. Two plus two. Big thinking energy always gets the best of me When I kick it in the lab, messing with new recipes Gotta mix and match, flip the latch, letting rhythm scratch No shit, spitting facts with my vision smash Big drip aristocrats, dishing out a list of trash Missing wisdom, this fish is too big to catch Better let the missus know where you hit the stash Watch your next step, bro, before you hit the traps Walking on eggshells, tripping over landmines And I'm about done dealing with these damn lies Man, I'm looking at this planet like a franchise Chastised into digging holes in the back nine the latest proof ain't a way to move Change of view Just a bunch of pecker heads Living in a chicken coop Picking at the dinner finger Licking like the plate is good So kick it for a minute Then show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Show me what that thing could do Two plus two Thank you.